It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's happening, Reggie? What's up? What's up? I mean, uh, I'm not as tight as maybe some of the Wild fans are right mm. now, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk it out. Some may call it a slow day yesterday in Minnesota sports, but, I mean, we've got plenty to talk about, starting with that Wild game. Game six tonight, must win, do or die, back against the wall. We're going to talk a little bit of Twins baseball. Josh Winder going for his third straight win today as the Twins play a doubleheader with Houston. Plus, later... I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first, make sure to check out our other daily show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's the Ron Johnson Show, featuring former gopher and receiver Ron Johnson and producer Sam Ekstrom. Get the daily opinions of an athlete-turned-broadcaster. Ron Johnson tells it like it is, whether it's Vikings, gophers, wolves, or twins. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or podcast feeds so you never miss an episode. All right, well, it's do-or-die time, Reggie. I mean, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild in desperate need of that gut check game tonight in St. Louis. They face elimination in game six. Before we get into maybe some specifics about tonight, let's just take a little step back and look at the Wild season on a broader scale. Uh, playoffs were always the first goal at the beginning of the season. They checked mm-hmm. that off. But now, I mean, you know, there's no doubt fans would they'd be at a loss. They'd be frustrated for sure with another round one exit if that's the case. So, with their back against the wall tonight, should they lose this game or even the series? How should people view this team season? Will it be considered a, a failure of a season? Especially when you make an aggressive move to go out and get Marc-Andre Fleury for the playoffs specifically. I think that sent a loud and clear message. We're all in. We're trying to make a serious push for the Stanley Cup, only to get knocked out in round one once again. Yeah, I mean, uh, they said as much when Billy Guerin uh, took that big swing on Flower. He said it like, "Look, we're excited. You know, this this has big implications for us. We're going for it, and it's just tough too because he has not been the best in some of these games in this series, and that part kind of stings a bit because it's like, dang, you you did this big move to get him." And then all of a sudden, you get him, you put him in this situation that, you know, you got him for, and it's not necessarily working out how you thought. That being said, them matching up against the Blues was a very, very tough mm. opening round matchup. Mm. And, you know, I guess if you want to compete, for a Stanley Cup, win a Stanley Cup, you got to go through some good teams. And so if you play a little bit of devil's advocate there, it's just like, well, that's a team that if they have these championship expectations, they're supposed to beat. But again, you know, it, it sucks that it's the Blues because they've had their troubles with the Blues before. And now you talk about yet another series where they don't make it out of the first round. And that's a tough pill to swallow. 
especially considering the the cap ramifications that you're going to have next year where you may not be able to keep this particular team intact. But it's also interesting because, you know, I mentioned last night on the newscast on CARE 11, <laughs> Dean Everson basically said after last game that they're, they were Kirill and the Pips. <laughs> like they were they were Kirill and the Temptations. You know what I mean? Like they were they were Justin Timberlake and in sync. Like <laughs> it, it's like he was the leading guy, leading singer, and everybody else was playing backup where he really needed someone else to to sing the lead from time to time. And that part is very frustrating because they haven't had problems scoring goals this season. They haven't had problems you know, going up and, and, you know, when when you see a deficit like a 4-2 or 5-2, they haven't had problems going back and snagging it back, tying the game up, sending it to overtime, and you haven't seen that in this postseason. And that's tough because you're just like, well, I mean, the only thing that changed is that, you know, it's the playoffs. I mean, you should be even more motivated to go and and snatch some of these uh, victories from the jaws of defeat, you know, like – that should happen, but I think the problem is they've gotten a little tight. They've they've gotten a little tense. You know, maybe maybe you know these these goals. You know, you've seen them have some errant goals uh, or shots on goals where you're just like, dang man! Like in the regular season, they were making that you know two three times a game. Like what's going on? And it's just it's a tough pill to swallow. A lot of people will say, well, this is just Minnesota sports. And it's just like, dang, man, like you hate to always have to come back to that particular note. But I do think that if they go down tonight, which I hope not to see it, I want to see them come back here and and do game seven. But if they do go out, you know, we've seen it 79 percent of the time. The team that wins game five goes on to win the series. But if they do go out. I do think that it's a bit of a disappointment for them considering all the moves that they pulled to contend for a Stanley Cup. You brought up the salary cap. I'm glad you did. If they do, in fact, lose, I'm wondering what you think are the big ripple effects as you start to look at their offseason and the moves they need to take this team to the next step in being a legitimate championship caliber team not just that playoff caliber team I know finding a way to keep Fiala is going to be probably the a topic right out the gate is there an obvious move or two outside of just retaining guys though you think needs to happen well I guess it just depends on you know what type of team they want to be I think Mm -hmm. you know it's probably going to be a bit of a youth movement next Mm -hmm. season you know maybe call up some of the guys to to compete at this level because, you know, not going to be able to afford everyone. You're talking about, you know, do you keep Matt Dumba or do you keep Fiala? And then you're like, well, shoot. You know, Bill Guerin is just like, you're only as good as your last game. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dang, what is he saying? And, you know, you know what you're going to get from a guy like Matt Dumba. And it's tough to say, as good as Fiala was to end the regular season, it seems like you know what you're going to get from him, too. Mm. Mm. Um, And it's like, well, do you commit long-term to a guy like that that hasn't played very well in the postseason? Because if you're going to do that, then it's just like, well, like, maybe you just cut bait and and try to see what you can do on on the flip side. 
And, you know, next year's team is not going to be as good as this year's team. So you want to see this year's team overcome the Blues, take it to Game 7, back here in the Twin Cities and win it um, to get to the next round. And then you got to play Colorado, goodness gracious. But then, you know, you don't want to think about next year. Like, I'm really trying not to talk about next year because the team could look so radically different. And... You you talk about moves, you know, maybe trades being made, um, you know, unloading some of these pieces on the team that are key players this year that maybe you can't afford to keep for next year. And so I, it's hard to get into all of that right now because there is still a game to be played and they are not out of it yet. But, you know, there are going to be some decisions to be made and this team is not going to be the same. And so you hope to see them maximize this team, and I don't, I don't really know what to expect tonight. I think the biggest head scratcher and the biggest pill to swallow, if they do end up losing this series, for a lot of fans, will be the play of Kevin Fiala. Just because it's just Jekyll and Hyde, he was so good mm-hmm. those last two or three weeks heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And to see him disappear, zero goals through five games, one assist, that's it. I think that line, the Fiala line, has only scored one goal in these five games as well. So it's just really, again, a tough pill to swallow just to not have any help around Kaprizov. That's going to be another one big topic for sure going into the offseason. Who and how can we get help around Kaprizov? Because uh, like we've seen, the guy just can't do it all himself, all the mm-hmm. time, 24-7. Uh, last one, I got some sort of problem, man, because I can't not talk about this goalie situation every time we bring up the Wild. Is it time to give Cam Talbot a shot tonight? I mean, the guy was red hot coming in. I saw a tweet yesterday, Cam Talbot hasn't lost a game in 70 days. Okay, take that mm-hmm. how you will. But is there any chance we see him? Or you think their minds just already made up and they're committing with flowers. Give me maybe a percentage chance tonight we see Cam. Ooh, I'm not good at these type of things. I'll just say I would probably put Cam Talbot in net. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at what the Blues did a couple games ago, putting Bennington in, it worked out well for them. You know, I think, you know, bringing Talbot off the bench, cold, it's going to be cold anyway. You know, bringing them off the bench cold, I think what else do you have to lose at this point? You've seen what you could get from Flower, and maybe you just switch it up. Maybe maybe seeing a, a different presence in net just kind of creates some urgency in the, in the, you know, in the other guys. And so I say all that to say I would go with Talbot, but I think Everson probably sticks with Flower. Most people are kind of just nudging for for Talbot, but I think they end up going for Flowers because of, again, that they, they just made that decision when they traded for him for the playoffs, and, and they're committing yep. to that. But here's how I would look at it. I would say, okay, if we lose this game, who am I going to feel better about sleeping at night knowing I started? I think I would have a little bit more regret going through this entire first round of the playoffs, losing the way you do, and not giving Cam Talbot at least one shot. If I start Cam Talbot and they lose, at least I can go to bed at night saying, well, it wasn't either one. It wasn't one guy. They they both had a crack at it, and um, mm-hmm. at least now we know. Otherwise, you go into the offseason saying, what if, what mm-hmm. if, what if, and I, you just don't like to play that game for sure. Too many what ifs. Uh, Wild must travel to St. Louis, as you know. They got to steal one tonight. Then, if they can do that, they come back to XL Energy Center on Saturday for Game 7. 
boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, wouldn't that be fun? Can you imagine Game 7 back here at home? Puck drop tonight, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard on TNT. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be here tomorrow to break it all down. All right, coming up, we're talking some Minnesota Twins power rankings. Plus, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first... Do you want smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Lockdown team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gord for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. Okay, so, Reggie, the storms come rolling through last Man. night. Twin Cities, about uh, 8 o'clock-ish, just when the Twins were about to mount their big comeback. Man, I could <laughs> feel it. I could feel it. No, Twins-Astros game was called in the fourth inning last night. They'll make that up at noon today and proceed to play game three of the series uh, 30 minutes or so after that one's over. Reggie, they're down 5-1 in the fourth as we speak. Chris Archer mm. gave up five earned in just three innings. Uh, we'll see if they can rally back in the first of this doubleheader. And then in game two, it's Josh Winder on the mound aiming for his third win in three major league starts. In fact, Winder, man, he's been on fire. The rookie has 15 strikeouts, most in a pitcher's first two starts in Twins history Mm. in 12 innings over his first two turns winder allowed no earned runs and just five hits with one walk Mm -hmm. excited to see him in action tonight against the red hot astros team on a nine game winning streak right now meanwhile twins bats have been ice cold as of late they've got buxton back thankfully but still without guys like carlos correa luisa rise no news on chris paddock i'm aware of and even their head coach Rocco Baldelli, he hasn't returned from that COVID list yet. Your thoughts on the matchups tonight and and maybe just the Twins' current status overall right now? Man, it's tough because, like, they were cooking with gas. Yeah. Like, they were, they were rolling. And then all of a sudden they run into a buzzsaw called Justin Verlander. Yep. And then Chris Archer, he had been pitching really well this season to start off. He looks like the Chris Archer from back in the day, you know what I mean? The Pirates, the the Rays, Chris Archer. And then all of a sudden, he's getting rocked last night. It gives up five runs, you know, not even through four whole innings. And it's just like, dang, like, what's going on? And I think this is something that we talked about. We, Not that we were waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, mm-hmm. but just tempering expectations. It's a long season. They're going to have their – cliffs and valleys and ups and downs and all that good stuff but like I think the the tough part is is when you are winning and when some of these games have been as thrilling as they've been and then you come out with some clunkers like this you're just like dang you know but each game gives you a new opportunity to do something different do something better you know you, you would hope to see them rally today you know better weather a new day a new outlook I don't know how you want to spin it and then, you know, the game after that, you got Winder in there. and He's been very good so far this season, and you, you want to ride him and, and get behind him, give him some run support, and see if you can steal one from the Astros after what's just kind of been a, an atrocious series for them. Um, I think that's what you hope for because you got these injuries piling up. You got all this this craziness going on with the team. You know, who's going to be available, who's not. You know, is Paddock going to have season-ending surgery after they, you know, swung and and made the trade? Taylor Rogers, by the way, 
0.00 ERA. Stop it. I'm going to take these off. Don't don't do that. Stop. Okay. All right. I I was just saying. I was just (laughs) saying. Like, I was reading that yesterday. I was just like, oh my gosh. What a stud. It's it's just like, you know, but but he's a starter. Paddock's a starter. Rodgers is a reliever, a closer. So I get it. You know, it's fine. Whatever. We We won't do that, even though I just did. I'm sorry. But. It's just tough to see them, you know, be in this type of position with the expectations that they have and just hope that they can overcome. Because we talked about the whole, like, next man up, next man up, next man up. Well, like, at some point you're going to run out of men. You know what I mean? Like, and and at some point it's just like how much can you expect the next man up to contribute the way that you need them to contribute to continue winning games. And I think what we're seeing is the result of, you know, kind of relying on that next man up nature and and hoping for the best and seeing that, you know, sometimes you, you take some lumps. Yeah, had not uh, Johan Duran came in and just start, you know, throwing smoke, throwing flame, cheese, man, uh, that Taylor Rogers trade would hurt even more. And then obviously, like you mentioned, if Paddock ends up being shelved for the season, oh boy, oh boy, that one stings quite a bit. Just a double-edged sword right there. Uh, by the way, you remember when we brought up ESPN's top 10 rookies yesterday? Do you remember who I told you was number one? He's one of the Strohs players, right? Jeremy the, Pena, the... Who, who puts up, no big deal, three RBIs last oh. night. We get to see him up close and personal after we broke him down yesterday. The dude is legit, man, both in the box and then again, putting up a gold glove Mm. first 30 games of the season he's been outstanding Mm. espn's got their latest power rankings up right now for the mlb twins were ranked 11th last week they stay put still sitting at 11th the 11th best team in the league according to espn ahead of the white Sox and guardians at 14 and 15 respectively the article does note you know they had their slow start and then they go on that Mm. red hot run but Kind of wonders and brings up the question, how long can they stay afloat without those big names we already touched on? The good news is, however, they've got a nice soft schedule coming up. Mm. Minnesota begins a a stretch of 18 games against struggling teams. Oakland, we just saw them. We swept them last weekend. Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, Just quick thoughts on the ESPN's latest power ranking. Uh, That's about, you know, what we would expect through five weeks, you know. Um, I think it's great to see that the Twins, you know, when they were kind of in the gutter to start the season, they get a chance to climb up to 11 in like a national sense. And so I think that's encouraging. They just got to keep winning. Twins doubleheader starts at noon. Looking to snap again that Astros nine-game winning streak, man. Mm. Unbelievable. All right. Time has come. My favorite segment is here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? Reggie, are you ready to roll? Let's do it. The NFL schedule long awaited. Everybody's waiting on pins and needles. It finally gets released tonight at 8 p.m. Vikings are now rumored to play the Packers week 17 at Lambeau Field on New Year's Day and open the season at home versus the Packers. I don't know. Does it really matter when you play your biggest rival? Uh, I'll just put it this way. What does it mean having your biggest rival sandwich at the beginning and the end of your season? Hey, that's fine. You're right. That's I mean, fine. Like, kind of how we talked about with the Wild. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, you know, for the last several years, the Packers have been the best in the division. And it's just like, look, go out and beat them dudes. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you want to be king in this division, it doesn't matter when you play the Packers. You got to go out and do it. And so, 
you know, I think this season presents an interesting opportunity. They did load up in the draft on defense um, early on. And so, you know, you're like, okay, all right. But this is a good chess match. You know, Kevin O'Connell is an offensive mind. Uh, you know, people are looking at him as one of the next bright young offensive minds in the NFL. And so I'm interested to see what he schemes up. You know, actually, Mike Zimmer wasn't bad against the Packers in his Vikings tenure. So, like, you know, Kevin O'Connell's got some some shoes to fill in that regard. And so I, I want to see how he does against the Packers and see if he can, you know, bring that same amount of intensity as um, as Zimmer did. Because, you know, they did beat the Packers at home when they had their full arsenal of weapons, you know, that – Sunday night game we won't talk about because mm. that was just ugly. No, you no. know, I had COVID at the time. I was in oh, Green Bay in a hotel man. room with COVID, watching on TV. As a, you know, they're just mercifully beaten by the Packers, just toying with them, beating them down. No Kirk Cousins because he had COVID too. I didn't give it to him, I promise. Mm. But I think if you want to beat them, you got to go get them no matter when they are on the schedule. And, and side note, let me tell you what bothers me about the NFL. <laughs> they can't let anybody else have nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you got Stanley Cup playoffs going on. You got Major League Baseball going on. You got uh, NBA playoffs going on. And they're just like, ooh, 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 let, let, we want some. We want in on some of this. <laughs> Releasing these games, like, oh, every day. Man. Like, dude, just release the schedule already. Mm-mm. Why are we doing this? Stop yeah. toying with me. It's the same thing with the NFL draft. You, you just drawing this thing. The NFL draft probably could have been a week before it actually was. Oh, easy. Or two yeah. weeks before. You know what I mean? Like, stop drawing all these things out. They just always find a way to, like, inch their way into They're like Tom Brady in that. Tom Brady's just like. I'm going to disrupt things. I'm going to choose some violence and, and disrupt some things. And they're the same way. They're just like, uh, we want a piece of this pie. We want a piece of the national conversation. Let's drop a game, you know, to get everybody talking Sprinkle about Sprinkle a couple breadcrumbs in here. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, man. Just release the daggone schedule already. I'll, I'll be so glad when 7 o'clock comes around tonight so they can release this darn schedule and then they'll find something else to – to you know feed the minions in the future it's just uh they they kill me man they kill me hey schedule drops tonight at seven but you know for the next 20 days that's all everybody will be Uh, talking about breaking down every single little matchup roger goodell man he's got some issues man i'll just leave it at that i don't (laughs) mind getting the packers week one to be honest because you know typically when you look at week one of the regular season uh, you can catch a lot of teams flat-footed. I mean, there are teams And they did get like, caught flat-footed last year yeah, in week one. Yeah, well, well, it was always Tom Brady or the Patriots, even Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They typically start out pretty slow. It takes them yeah. a while to get into their rhythm. You look back, they're one and three, two and two after the first four or five games. So I don't mind them coming here. Aaron Rodgers has always had a tough time against the Vikings. Vikings play mm-hmm. them tough, man, whether it's at home or away. I think Rodgers all time record versus the Vikes like 16 10 and 1 I mean I I think that would surprise a lot of people I think you would assume just how dominant 
Rodgers and the Packers have been the last 10 years, that that would be a little bit more lopsided. But they always play Rodgers tough no matter where it's at. Rodgers, by the way, it's going to be interesting to see how long his offense takes to get going. No Devontae, a mm-hmm. lot of rookies in place. Uh, he can't do it all himself. And Vikings flip the coin. Their offense is ready to go from week one. I mean, they shouldn't skip a beat. Yeah, it's a new offense. It's a new install, new verbiage. But as far as just the chemistry same and players. the timing with the same, same exact starters up and down. So I'm excited. I actually don't mind that whatsoever, getting the Packers week one at home. Other one, just real quick, it got dropped this morning. Bucks chiefs week four game was just announced. Of all the games that have been released thus far, is this the juiciest one? Is this the best matchup, the most highly anticipated, would you say? Has to be. Gotta even be, though right? even though the Chiefs look almost yeah. radically different than yeah, the last yeah. time they played yep. the the Bucks. So I'm interested to see what they do. Um interested to see how they gel with some of the new pieces that they have on offense. And so, you know, interested to see what Brady looks like. You know, at a certain point in a quarterback's career. They fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. and we just have not seen that consistently with Tom Brady. And so I'm interested to see, you know, what Spags dials up to try to, you know, combat the the mm-hmm. arsenal that Brady has. And, you know, he should get Chris Godwin back and, you know, some of these other weapons that, you know, no A.B. anymore. No A.B., but, Gronk, but, another year older. Yeah, but it's, and, and Gronk still hasn't committed to playing this year, which true. is interesting. So, yeah, but, but I mean, even if he doesn't, I mean, you got you, you still got Cameron Brait, who I think Cameron Brait is coming off of injury mm-hmm. as well. If if I'm looking at that right, I'm looking it up right now. And and then uh, OJ Howard. So it's just like you know they they still got like Brady's got some weapons. So, like, it's just a matter of, you know, if – oh, no, O.J. Howard's with the Buffalo Bills now. Oh, he did go there. Okay. Yep. And so – but, I mean, the dude's got weapons all over the field. So, I'm interested to see – this may be another one of those games. I, I still contend, like, that game between – well, two of them. The game between the Ravens and the Rams a few years ago and the game between the Chiefs and the Rams a few years ago. Goodness gracious, like, those are some of the best games that we've seen in the regular season. And this one may be up there with it. All right, enough NFL schedule. We'll talk about that Mm -hmm. the next 38 days. Don't worry. Let's talk about what you mentioned, the NBA playoffs. I know the T-Wolves are out of it. That doesn't mean there still isn't some great basketball being played, especially last night. Memphis Grizzlies broke an NBA playoff record when they were up 52 Sheesh. points heading Sheesh. into the fourth quarter versus the Warriors, ultimately winning by 39 and forcing a game six back in San Fran Friday. More impressive, though, was the fact they did all this without John ja Morant. What does it mean for the chances of the Grizzlies duplicating their success without Morant, who may be out the entire playoffs? So my guy, John, uh, one of my best friends, he told me last night that the Grizzlies are better without Ja. Wow. <laughs> and I was wow. just like, how do you say something Did he say like that, that before or after the game? If he said he that said before, that, he I He said that during. He said it, said it during Man. the game. But he's he's he said it so many times before. And apparently, I guess the Grizzlies went 13-0 and in the season without Ja. And wow. so it's just like, eh. Okay. So look, here's my thing. No team is is going to be better without a, a superstar like that. But I do think that 
as it stands, you know, when you got Tyus Jones in the game making threes like that and, and you know, Desmond Bain, you know, looking like the Desmond Bain that we saw against Minnesota, and you got even big Steven Adams is getting in there grinding. Like, he couldn't even see the floor after game one against Minnesota. And now he's seeing the floor and, and really giving them some meaningful minutes. So I think what's killing the, the Warriors is just the, the matchup. I think the Grizzlies provide the Warriors a matchup nightmare. And I don't think it's out of the question to, to see Memphis maybe taking this thing to seven. Mm. which is crazy to think, you know, the Warriors are up 3-1 and they don't have Ja. And I think that that's a testament to this team that they've built in Memphis that, you know, I know they had some lean years, you know, after Zebo and Gasol left. And, you know, I think fans were, were ready to, to throw the towel on the, the Grizzlies, and now they're waving towels, yelling, whoop that trick. I was going to bring you that know? up, like, man. Oh, and that and it's, it's, just, it's just crazy to oh. see the energy uh, from the Memphis fan base and just the team. They seem to just really have a really good, like, chemistry and gel together. And so it's it's fun to watch. I didn't see that coming last. I don't think anybody saw it coming. I think Mike Brown is just like, uh, when can I get out of here to Sacramento? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Steve, when you coming back? <laughs> and so, like, I just I just think it's interesting that, you know, these games that Steve Kerr has been out, you know, they won one, they lost one, and now the pressure is seemingly on the Warriors to try to put this thing away. They just need one more win to advance to the next round, and now all of a sudden Memphis is just like, look, we're playing with house money. We're good. Let, let's just go out here and play our game and, and, and put the pressure on the Warriors, and they're doing that. Anytime you get beat in the playoffs by 39 points, down Goodness 52, gracious. you got to be getting in your head just a little bit. Maybe just knowing, a little bit. Knowing that was out, again, without John Morant. I mean, they had, you mentioned it, such good depth. We saw it all series long versus the Timberwolves. Guys just popping off the bench, not skipping a beat, making big plays for their team down the stretch. They had seven guys with double-digit points last night. I mean, it's just not a one-man show like you maybe think it is from the surface watching John Morant with the Grizzlies. John Morant, by the way, I think rumored doubtful for the remainder of the playoffs. No matter how you slice it, man, that that hurts, obviously. But if they can get past the Warriors here, who knows? Like you said, playing with house money at that point, nothing to lose. Got to talk about the other NBA playoff game last night. Sorry, Luke, I'm still whooping that trick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, man. Why can't the Timberwolves have something like that, man? Why can't it? I need every time I watch a Grizzlies game and they play that, I'm just going. Everybody's just like, my wife looks over and goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "Shh, shh baby, 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 stop!" I'm whooping that trick. <laughs> it's so problematic, uh, it you is. know where it came from, but I love it, man. It's so Memphis. It. It's, it's so, so Memphis. And, and then, of course, for Draymond and Steph Curry to like play back with it and, and be waving the towels to just it added to the whole ambiance, <laughs> man. It was hilarious, dude. That was great. Hey, anytime you want to whip that trick on this show, you're more than welcome, Reggie. Bring it. All right. Uh, again, last one. We got to talk about it. Bucks Celtics. <laughs> Man, this one was wild. Bucks end up winning. I'll just save you that dramatic pause there. They go up three to two, but they were down to 14 in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Drew Holiday, Giannis, they lead them back, stun Madison Square Garden. Uh, did you catch this one at all, first and foremost? Because if not, yes. you missed a good one. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. We were we were watching it in the sports office. They were just trading mm. haymakers in the fourth. That was just so fun to watch. And then, and shout out to L. Duncan on ESPN. She tweeted, I think what a lot of people in, in the black community probably were mm-hmm. were thinking at the time with Drew Holiday. You know this this uh, infamous DJ drop in Atlanta. You you say holiday season, yeah. and so I, I think. It was funny because one of my friends tweeted like Drew Holiday just was, you know, he he turned into Eric Bledsoe in the clutch moment. Yeah. And then it was just like, oops, mm. my bad. I didn't mean that because <laughs> Holiday hits the three, mm. comes up with the block, comes up with the steal at the end. Didn't even give Boston a chance to even try to tie it at the end. He's just like, uh, Marcus, I'll have that. Mm. This is my ball. That's we're going to dribble this uh, out and we're going to win this game. It's just like. How were they able to steal that? If you're the Celtics, man, that's demoralizing. Because, like, you had that game. And some might say that the Celtics were the better team in that game. Some may say the Celtics are the better team in this series. But what matters, which we learned in the Timberwolves series against the Grizzlies, what matters is the wins and the losses. And at the end of that game, the Bucks got the win. That was some, like championship DNA like we've been here before type of effort and I, I I can't say enough about the Bucks man like last year I was just like man how the freak are they doing this and then this year I'm just like man the Bucks are just being the Bucks man like Giannis and all those dudes no Chris Middleton no problem like they're still just out here like competing uh, against the Celtics team that is uber talented that you know has all the pieces, Jason Tatum cooking them up, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford turning back the 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 hands of the clock, man. Like and and the Bucks are just like, no, that's all right, we're gonna win this. Mm-hmm. And like that is just that is so annoying. If you're if you're a Boston fan, if you're a Celtics player, you're just like, really? Are you serious? How did how did we let this one slip away? Holiday Debo, though, man. That's my ball, punk. That's right? my grandma's ball. That's my, my ball, My punk. grandma gave me that ball. <laughs> That's my ball, punk. All right, oh, punk you're Debo. right, though, man. That championship DNA, there's something about it. We're sitting here watching this wild series, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, they're playing good, but, you know, they, they, this is the playoffs. Everything ramps up a little bit in the playoffs, man, and, mm-hmm. and those good teams just turn – a switch at some point in the game and have that just winning DNA, that winning gene in them. Every series tied three games to two. Phoenix up 3-2 on Dallas. We know about Golden State Memphis. We know about Milwaukee Boston. Miami up 3-2 to two on Philly. Let's hear your NBA uh, championship prediction. Uh, I think... Everybody going chalk here or what? So I, I, I'll take... I'll take the Suns mm-hmm. um, because I don't know what to think about the Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. If they even make it out of this series, I think the size of Phoenix is going to cause them problems. Mm-hmm. But also on the East, like, ooh, it seems like it's going to be, you know, I won't count Boston out. Mm-hmm. Okay, we won't do that. But it seems like it's going to be Miami and maybe the Bucks, And because, well, I guess – both teams kind of have that championship, you know, DNA. You know, the the Heat went into the bubble mm. to the NBA Finals. Oh, that's and right. And so, you know, but they didn't win. But 
you know, Eric Spolstra, he's right. been there before. He knows what it takes to win championships. He's done it before. And, you know, the Bucks just did it last year. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go rematch from last year. I'm gonna go Bucks, Suns, Suns. I like that finals. But yeah. I think I'll take the Suns to win it all. When you just look at the last eight teams right here and where they stand the series, uh, I think that one makes a lot of sense for sure. Not necessarily chalk by any means. I just think everybody knows Phoenix probably has the best shot to get there in the West. Uh, it seems like when you have such a, a dramatic, just slugfest series like Milwaukee and Boston are having, mm -hmm. you end up coming out of that, the winner does, one of two ways. Either it just drained everything out of you and you got no gas left in the tank, or you're just riding such a high, you just feel like you can beat anybody and almost kind of like playing with that house money, so to speak. And we saw it last year, too, yes, because when exactly. they beat, when they overcame KD, remember KD's yes. foot was on the line? Yeah, that's And right. it's just like, oh, yes. no. And, yes. and and they came out and they that was a slugfest against the yep. Nets last year. And then they, I'm like, all right, well, that was good. That, that sucks was it. that they did that, but, yep. but you know, it's over with. And yep. they ended up riding it to the finals. It's just like, okay, all right, well, that's good. They, they are uh, going against the Suns. No way they're going to beat the Suns. Then they beat the Suns for the championship. You're just like, dang, like, okay. But it started with that net series, though, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, just to ride that confidence out, that just wave of momentum. Again, something in yep. the playoffs changes, and these teams, it, again, man. they, they, they just find that winning DNA I and turn it. on that switch. So, going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Great, great NBA playoffs going on right now. Absolutely. All right, Reggie, you survived the gauntlet once again. Yes. We're back here tomorrow, breaking down the Wild and Blues game six, more Twins baseball, and Reggie's favorite, the NFL schedule release <laughs> join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in minnesota sports he's reggie wilson follow him on twitter at reggie wilson tv and on care 11 i'm luke inman on twitter at luke underscore spinman tune in tomorrow to superior sports talk part of lockdown sports minnesota for reggie i'm luke until tomorrow signing out be blessed spread love today whoop that trick whoop that trick this is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.